Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, it's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, use the hashtag WFI Projects on Instagram, and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That's like a burrito. I love burritos. Let's, let's, let's go, do man. it, Brian. Let's do it. Hey, what's happening? You're listening to the Work For It podcast. Brian and Brian here, B&B, yes, coming sir. right at you on a Thursday morning, which we know you're going out there, and you're working for it, baby. Hell yeah, they're right. working for it. Working That's right. hard. Yes, we sir. have a, yes, uh, sir. a whole bunch to talk about. Because oh, yeah. and I'm gonna dive right in because have you ever done something where you're like I you you resign yourself to the mistake that you made? Oh no. Because it's <laughs> so bad. It but it was like an innocent mistake. So like you can't really beat yourself up about it too much. It wasn't like you cut a corner. So let me give you a frame of reference. You remember last week when I was telling you I was running all the new electrical in the workshop, the, my new workshop space. Mm-hmm. When I was in Home Depot buying all the conduit, I couldn't get the plastic stuff that I wanted, so I had to switch over to metal. Okay. When Upgrade. I did that, yeah, which I think is fine. You know, it's a little bit more difficult to run. It's not, you know, it's not as flexible, whatever, but hey. Yeah, but, you work. know, if you if you back into it with something, you know, it's it's less likely to break. Uh, it looks better. It looks more industrious. I don't I'm know. I feel you. like it's more your I like aesthetic. It. I totally agree. Look-wise, it's awesome, and it's way more durable than plastic, I think, so. I buy these boxes. They're they're uh you know they're 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 called like a two gang box, so like you can put two different outlets uh, okay. in them or two switches, right? And mm-hmm. dude, it's been like twenty years since I've run any electrical ever. Mm-hmm. I hang twenty three of these, 
And while I'm doing it, so like to, to if you can imagine, you have to run the wire in the conduit mm-hmm. and you're pulling conduit through and you're pulling conduit, you're pulling wire through the conduit through the boxes to get to other boxes on the other side, if that makes sense, right? So you have yeah. to kind of like do it all in sequence. I get all 23 mounted. I get all the wires run. Everything looks good, blah, blah, blah. And then I go to install the outlets and I'm like, these outlets don't fit. Oh, that's shit. weird. Oh, like no. they, they, they screw in. They like they fit. But then when I go to put the cover on, there's nowhere to bolt the cover. So I'm like, that's weird, right? You know, so I start playing around with it and I'm like, well, I could glue the cover. No, that's, yeah, that, that's not say, up to co- code. You, I can't do that. It's not up to code A and B. You're you're spending this much money. You know, you might as well have it done right instead of just kind of hobble it together. Totally like, agree with if you. If it was I'm in my in little shed, if it was in my little shed, then screw it. You know, just, just throw some epoxy on that bitch and call it good, but... I feel right. like yours is just a little bit better than, you know, that level. And I have to have inspections, right? So right. because I'm doing all this demo work, I had to pull a, uh, a use permit to do demo and the electrical. And um, I had to modify the fire suppression system that was in there. Uh, so I had to, you know, obviously have to have a uh, inspection on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this will never pass code. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, what the hell? So like commercial boxes these boxes these metal commercial boxes the way they work is you mount the outlet to the cover okay Okay. so the cover goes over the outlets and there's four screws that go into the two in each outlet and it screws in and then those are held together so it's like all one unit it's the cover and the two outlets and then what you do is you bolt that to the box so it's it becomes an all one piece right makes sense I bought switch uh, outlet boxes. I bought switch boxes, not outlet boxes. Oh, so they were designed for switches and not outlets. Let me guess. That's like one bin over at Home Depot. Well, that's exactly where they where I found them the second time around. And and the you know the good news is is it's like it's a dollar fifty for box per box. It's not like they're expensive, but it's the time, like the amount of time that I had just spent three days running all that wiring and, but here's the good news. I had, can you just like take the, the uh, box you don't need out and put the new box in, or do you have to completely disassemble? Completely disassemble. And the reason is, and the reason (laughs) is, is because on the way that I designed the system was there's four independent runs of 10 gauge wire that go through the entire system. So it's snaked all the way through. Okay. And those are for the 220 outlets. And of course, they're at the end. Mm. So there's you have no choice. You have to pull all that wire back out. Oh. And there would be no way that I would be able to pull that wire out and with the wire that was in it, pull it all the way back through. There just mm-hmm. really wasn't any way. So I, the good news is, is this mistake took me only seven and a half hours to correct. <laughs> And I, when I seven and a half hours, when I right. say good news, that's good news because I thought, God, I spent three days doing this. Is mm-hmm. it going to take me three days to correct it? And that you know, I didn't have to recut the the conduit. I didn't have to right. recut the wire, measure the wire, and all, so it was like, all right, seven hours, seven and a half hours. I'll just eat it and do it. And um, but the whole time I'm doing it, I noticed 
that my I was like gritting my teeth. Like, mm. like I, I caught myself like clenching my jaw because you're pissed because off that this is wasted time. I'm so mad at myself, yeah, yeah, so mad at myself. So mistakes were made. I've corrected those mistakes now. Um, mm-hmm. I had the uh, the uh, county in there uh, this morning with the uh, the inspector guys and a surprise visit from the fire suppression people, which oh, was great, like, wonderful. Yeah, that was awesome. It was like, oh, we see that you're doing a bunch of work in here. Let it let us go ahead and just like ding you immediately and all the shit you have to fix. I'm like, mm. I know I have to fix this. Right. I'm what not going to fix it here? right now. Right. I'm not doing any of that yet because I'm painting and I'm having air conditioning work done or whatever. But they just mm. love to shove it right in your butthole. Anyway, right. So anyway, so that's were made. Correct. So that's what it's like when things are done up to code, huh? <laughs> yeah, up to code. Exactly. Okay, not cool, not cool. this uh, backwoods uh, reach around <laughs> okey doke shit that you guys do up in Michigan. You know, not the uh, you know haunted workshop that I was in today. <laughs> I was listening to you on the Hustle and Grind podcast. Tell the story about how they're fixing all that stuff. So that was pretty uh, interesting. You know, we let's let's save this story for a little bit later in the podcast. But all just right. to give you a quick little teaser, um, I was in it and I did a little bit of work inside, and uh, I've made decisions about it. Let's just leave it at that for now. Well, okay, so you're you are in the new the new space. Yes, I was, and you and you did a little bit of work in there. I did a little bit of moving some of the debris on the ground around, and I talked to a couple people there, and I've made a decision. I I think I've made a decision, but, you know. Decision (laughs) meaning whether or not you're actually going to use the space. Yeah, I think so. Move into it. Sounds like so. sounds like maybe you found like a body of like a hooker, a dead hooker or something <laughs> under a mattress or something. Um, honestly, just can I just say back, I called yeah. it. By the way, I called it immediately when I saw the pictures of it from the Google Earth oh my stuff. God. I was like, this this is a uh, this is where the movie Saw was filmed. You Here, know? let's put it this way: it looks better on the outside, <laughs> and it doesn't look that good on the outside. Oh my god, <laughs> it looks better on the outside, and literally, there's a you know, handprint of somebody literally just painted their hand and splattered it on um, one of the upstairs windows. And on the other side, there's one that he's the same person must have written, helped me on it. Oh, wow. and like there's this small thing of uh, it doesn't have a back wall. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, it's a carport right now. Right. Well, it's yeah. They're OK. Yep. <laughs> What was it like tweakers just stealing bricks or like what was I going have on? No like, idea. It's yeah. it's it's crazy. But anyway, so how what other than you know running conduit and you know, electrical boxes? What else have you done this week? What's going uh, on in your shop this week? Uh, all right, so I came to a conclusion that I bit off more than I could chew with uh, this new space and pushing myself to get in there faster than I think is possible. So like I was really, really pushing. And when I was in there this morning with the county people and the fire, I met everybody at the same time, AC people, fire suppression, the county, everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, I, and you know, they're all just telling me their timelines and it's just like, well, I can't, you know, obviously I was planning on being in there mid October and I don't right. think that's going to happen. So they move at the speed of bureaucracy. That and also just finding reliable contractors is just, Mm. you know, difficult. So um, I got all the air air conditioning stuff figured out. The guy that I met with this morning was like on top of it. Super cool guy. 
Um, and, and I felt like I, you know, really feel like he's going to do me right and, you know, make, make the space exactly what I want it to be as far as the air controlled portion of it is, because when you're building out a workshop, most people don't even consider air conditioning because it's a luxury item. And in Florida, it's not a luxury item. It's It's impossible. You can't not have it. So, uh, I, Brought this guy in. I said, look, this is what I do. And to give you a frame of reference, he went out and looked at my YouTube channel and watched a few of my videos before he came so he could get an idea of what kind of work that I'm doing in the space. And I was like, whoa, you did? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, dude, your grinder shit is awesome. Like he was like really into it. So that made me feel really comfortable. And so you made a sale is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Trade the guy a grinder. No, I'm kidding. He, <laughs> uh, you never know. I mean, he seemed really interested, but, um, but you know, he, he was like, look, you're doing plasma cutting, you're doing laser etching. You're doing these things that are creating micro, uh, metal dust, which mm-hmm. is just like a death sentence for an yeah. air conditioner. And he came up with a really cool filtration, like a double filtration system that will pull the air through multiple filters before it reaches the coil, you know, to cool everything. So very cool setup. um, Totally worth doing. It's going to cost about $5,000 to have it done. And $5,000 is better than, you know, spending however much on an air conditioning unit and then having to replace it every year. Yeah. And the... And that's just basically building the system out and taking the air conditioning system that's already in there and retrofitting it to meet these requirements. So I'm not actually buying a whole new AC system. There's one in there. It's just he's going to take that one and like retrofit it and make it work. If he had to put in an air conditioning system, a five ton system, we're looking at 10K, you know, at least. So, um we got that all planned out. That's all set settled. And the electrical is now settled. So we've got that done. Uh, fire suppression will handle like towards the end, because that's like the important stuff where you want everything done before you mess around with that. And then we'll do paint and then I'll be moved in. So I kind of gave myself this timeline of getting in there within 30 days of the purchase, which is just not realistic. I knew it wasn't realistic, but I was trying. So I think I'll get close, maybe within 45 days or something like that. You're not so, like me where I've got like maybe two truck fulls first two uh, you know, pickup trucks full of uh, tools. I mean, you've got heavy yeah. equipment and you've yeah. got a lot of shit to move. And yeah, on top it, of all those different fixes you're doing and all of those, you know, things you got to update and, you know, redo and get checked out by whoever you got to get checked out by. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and I'm I I would have been flabbergasted if you made it in in thirty days. Yeah, I I mean me too. I you know I guess you set the goal. What does they say? They shoot shoot for the stars, and if you land or shoot for the moon, if you land amongst the stars, then you do, you're doing all right. Yeah, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of that stuff. I I definitely did. And then I'm sitting here staring at myself in a mirror, going, "You're going to kill yourself doing this. You know this. Like, stop mm-hmm. this. Why are you doing this? There's no reason." There's right. nobody pushing you except for you. And I needed to have that. I needed to hip check myself because um, I was just I wasn't sleeping. I was just like working on it all the time. I was there all the time. And then Dexter uh, came down with yesterday with covid symptoms. 
So we don't, I don't oh, know no. if he has it, you know, so I yeah. think he'll be fine, but uh, we got to go get him tested today to see, but he's been vaccinated and he's young. So, you know, right. I mean, those are both fine. things that are working towards your favor, but you yeah. know, yeah. you just got to be careful with it, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, uh, definitely. If, if you like, for instance, if anybody in your house gets a cold or any kind of, you know, it, it affects people differently. So you really want to get tested mm-hmm. to verify. That's how it spreads. People go, oh, it's just a head cold and they're wandering around with, right. you know, actual COVID. So yeah. that was thrown into the mix. But OK, so cool, fun stuff. Before you move on, on, Dexter, if you're listening, I hope you're getting over it really quickly. And, you know, all all wishes for the best here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's doing good. I mean, he, he you, to look at him, you wouldn't know that he feels terrible because he's like kind of okay, but he's mm-hmm. I could tell he doesn't feel well. He's just he's got like a real bad head cold mm. and and he is he's having a hard time breathing, like getting a full mm. breath, which is like That's a real scary. indicator that could be covid. So, That's hey, you know, if it is he's worn a mask, we wear a mat with like whenever he's around us, we're wearing masks, washing our hands and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, the fun shit though, that I've got going on is I am finished. I finished up the first rasp knife that yeah, um, was, I was looking at that. That thing turned out wonderful. I love the way yeah, it looks. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. That was such a fun project. And, um, uh, I got tons of feedback on it. People were really interested in the process. So I'm definitely going to do another. I, I did two. That were very similar. One was shorter than that, like more of a boot knife, a smaller cool, boot cool. knife. And then, so I'm finishing that one up this week. But in the process, I was pulling out a bunch of my old stabilized material that I had. I had bought a bunch of stabilized material mm-hmm. from somebody on Instagram like a while ago. And I had discovered that some of it was not, in fact, stabilized. It was oh. dye colored, like it had color in it. But it wasn't fully stabilized, meaning like the outside of it felt stabilized. It's heavy. It just didn't penetrate all the way through. Correct. So if you're doing any stabilizing of wood, you really there's a there's a process and you should read all about it on the Cactus Juice website because these guys are selling this stuff. So they're going out and they're buying burl. They're dying it and then they're selling it as stabilized. Well, Mm. You don't just use the outside of the block. Right. You use the whole block. So Actually, if, primarily, you do just use the inside because that's where, you that, know, as you carve down, that's where you get uh-huh, to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, I spent all this time yesterday working on getting to, you know, I took a block, cut it down on the bandsaw, then put it. I'm loving doing the milling of the wood that mm-hmm. I uh, that I did on the iron. I just yeah. th- decided like, hey, I'm going to just mill all of these. Like, why not? I don't have a thickness planer. So this makes it so simple. And as I'm milling it, I can tell that the portions around the edges is milling fine, but the inside is kind of like scratching. And I'm like, okay, well, then is this truly, in fact, stabilized? Take it and throw it in a bucket of water, and it floats. And I'm like... Son of a bitch. This is like like the like almost every single piece of wood that I got from this Ugh. person was not stabilized and I paid to have it done. So I pulled out I about a year ago I had been stabilizing all my own wood and I had bought this tank on eBay. And it's um if you go on my Instagram you'll see it. It's basically just a clear PVC pipe 
and it has a seal on the top and then like the valve and the gauge and everything else. So you can hook mm-hmm. it up to a vacuum pump and stabilize yeah. your own stuff. I didn't realize, but it came with like its own counterweight balance thing. So you can kind of like drop that down into the resin and it keeps all of your wood at the bottom. Oh, cool. You know, stuff like that. Sure enough, I throw this wood in there and it just pulls like immediately starts pulling air out of it. Oh. Um, so it was the indicator that, um, you know, in fact, that I didn't get stabilized wood that I paid for. And but at the same time, I'm kind of like, that's oh, kind of fun anyway. I, I really like the process well. of stabilizing and. It's science yeah, but you know, that's the way the I look thing at it. It's is like, like you paid for it to be stabilized. Oh, I'm with you. Like I'm it wasn't, I, I, obviously you're not going to, you know, drop names no, on the podcast, I won't say who it is. but no, that, no one would know who thing. this person is anyway. It's, okay. He's just like a guy that sells stabilized, but he's not like a oh. big name. But then maybe is it because they haven't done it for very long that maybe that's what it was and who knows? That's all he does on Instagram though. Oh, he no sells. shit. Yeah, he just sells stabilized wood. So, um, but um, bum. Yeah, I'm never <laughs> buying from that guy again. Oh, but, uh, but you know, I learned I learned a lot in the process because if I would have opened that box and felt how light that wood was immediately, I would have gone to him and said and like, like "Hey, the these aren't these are not stabilized, mm. or they're not stabilized properly." Give you a real quick brief elevator pitch on the proper stabilization process is you know you set up your your system make mm-hmm. sure your stuff is completely covered you're pulling a vacuum until you know i, I like to let mine run a, a good like 12 to 14 hours so like say you're going to work in your shop for 10 hours or whatever mm-hmm. set it up the that morning that you get there let it run all day and then when you leave turn it off right and and what that does is it stabilizes back to a standard atmosphere. Okay. And believe it or not, most of the absorption of the cactus juice resin happens during that period. Now, when you come back in the next morning to, to work again, turn it back on and let it pull more for 10, 12 hours. Repeat this process until you stop seeing air bubbles. What I think is happening with a lot of these guys is they are putting everything in the tank. They're turning it on. They're letting it run for three, four days straight. Mm. They're not. They're not letting it, you know, normalize in the resin. Do that soaking in process. Yes, mm. and then they're oh, there's no more bubbles anymore. It's done. Well, uh. no, you just pulled all the air out. You didn't really fully stabilize it. You didn't let. And if you read about this on the Cactus Juice website, they go over this in great detail that's why that what cactus juice does you know you spend a little bit more for the juice itself but they've done an excellent job in documenting the process which is it's super educational because if you do it wrong you've literally wasted four days and all of that material right right you know like why wouldn't you read on how to do it or see like you just said it did cost it does cost a little bit more but one thing that i am learning i mean I have learned over a long time is just paying that little bit more for that quality stuff just goes so much further because, you know, you, you want to be work. You're spending so much time on your craft. Why the hell do you want to be working on bullshit material? You know, I am with you. I, I feel like, um, in anything that you do, any endeavor that takes a, a long time to do it, knife making in particular, 
the the expense is not in the material so much right. as it is in the time. So you have to always remember that. You know, everything you're doing, you know, you're going to sit yourself back or behind, you know, days and days and days. Um, the good news is I have the, the, the handles all cut out and um, they look great. So I just went ahead and threw the handles into the resin at cut. And I figured what that's a best the best case scenario. I'll just have to grind out off the, the hardened resin off the outside. But um, yeah, I mean, it's they're going to come out great. It's going to be. And in fact, um, um, it'll be interesting to see because I kind of want to do a two stage die on these handles. I want to do um, one round of cactus juice. That's clear. That's just standard cactus juice. Okay. And then I have some black dyed Ooh. cactus juice. So I want to kind of see what that's like uh, with this material. I have a couple pieces. Like one is a, a cherry burl and it's okay. got a live edge on it. It's absolutely Ooh, beautiful. And that's going to be for a, um, a Gyoto that I'm working on. And then there's a... Uh, I threw a couple pieces of this Osage orange that mm. I got from Jason Hartwell. Uh, oh, really? The yeah. Hustle, yeah. yeah. Hustle and Grind podcast. Give them a shout out. Pickle Absolutely. Cutters is on there. Nick Tobin. Go check it out. It's available on any uh, major podcasting platform. Yeah. Google, speaking of Play, them, Stitcher. speaking of them, they had like this really weird guest this past week. It's just kind of <laughs> like this whack ass crazy dude they let on. I know. It was getting this weird guy from Michigan. <laughs> It spells oh, his name wrong. Hey, and, no. Uh, hey, no. <laughs> so go go check those guys out. But I, when I was at Blade, uh, Jason brought me some pieces of this um, Osage Orange, and it's cut kind of like on the bias almost. And it, it's um, it's it's when it's stabilized, it should be strong enough, but it's not like cut lengthwise. So it'll, okay. it'll be a really interesting pattern. Um, yeah, for sure. For the uh, for the handles, and I threw a couple of those in there, and some um, cypress, some swamp cypress that I found in a swamp around my house. <laughs> Just a bunch of stuff that I knew that I need to stabilize because it's right. like the chamber's big enough you can throw stuff in there. Right, um, and if you're already doing yeah. it, might as well do a bunch of it. Yeah, it doesn't make any difference, you know, yeah. how much is in there. In fact, it's better if you have more. I think. really, huh? Yeah, because it you don't have to use as much resin. Gotcha. Weird. Displacement. Right. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yep. yep. So hey, so what what do you got going on? What have you been doing? <laughs> so anything this, in particular? Yeah. So I'm gonna start off with um. So I've been doing a lot of work on this this batch of knives. I got it up through heat treat. You know that all went well, and I've been putting in the uh, primary bevel. I've been doing literally a couple days worth of grinding on it. And one thing that I've done this last couple batches is instead of grinding. You know, obviously I'm doing full full thickness in the heat treat. Excuse me. Ah, sorry about that. Um, but anyway, so I've I've been uh, grinding. I've been doing heat treat at full thickness to to. Uh, when you say full thickness, what are we talking about here? Like, what's so, the thickness? Um, some people. Oh, what what's a thickness? So I, I'm doing a bunch of different knives, anywhere between big ass sax knives all the way down to like fillet knives. So I've got a bunch of different thicknesses. Oh, I see. Okay. But um, just so that you know, I, I try to mitigate as much of the warp, warping as possible. Um, I've been you know doing the full thickness and the heat treat. So I've been doing a lot of grinding. But so a couple batches ago, um, I I have been trying to. 
I guess over the past couple past couple months, I've been trying to um, even out my bevels and try to get crisper lines in the uh, the uh, bevels. So um, one thing that I've been doing is I've actually been grinding at fifty percent speed instead of like eighty to one hundred percent speed, and uh, mm. really taking my time to straighten out after every single pass. And when you, you know, say fifty percent speed, are we talking belt speed here, yes, or are we talking yes. swipe speed? Okay, so belt speed. You, you're slowing your belt down. I'm slowing everything down. Um, okay. Just because in the past I've been noticing that I've been getting a couple, you know, you get a lot of like wacky lines, and you know, little, just I'm just trying to slow everything down and make everything as consistent as possible. But on on the flip side, you know, I've I've now spent three days doing you know, belt grinding instead of, or bevel grinding instead of the normal one day to do this many knives. But I feel like it comes out with a much more consistent, much better, you know, outcome. Um, so that's kind of been what I've been working you, on. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I have another question. Are you sure. using the bevel jig to yes, do I this am. work? And even with the bevel jig, you're noticing that you're getting some wavy, a little bit, yeah. It's not nearly as pronounced as if I was to do it freehand, but yeah, a yeah. little bit. And, um, and what? And we're talking a primary bevel like on, say, a sax knife or something. Something that's got like a a real distinct uh, a, a bevel, primary bevel, right? Yes. Is that okay? Because most of your kitchen knives are flat grind, so you really wouldn't see that. Well, actually, so I don't actually flat grind all the way to the to the spine. I do. I do. uh, Most of the time, I don't go about three quarters of the way up the up the uh, side of the knife, and then after that, um, once I'm really happy with the way that the bevel has turned out, I actually roll over that um, that um, grind line so that you know basically, you know, it kind of smooths it all out. Where if you were to feel it in your hand, you can feel that there's a primary bevel, and then the the top of the the top area of the knife. Um, is also flat, but there's a little radius between the two. And I find that that gives, I I think it looks a lot better and it gives, I I don't know if it actually gives any more, uh, food release, but it seems like it, it does. I was just going to say, it sounds like a good food release tactic because, you know, it's got to go up and over something. So it would pop, it would kind of free that uh, surface tension a little bit. I don't know if it's any better than not, not taking away that grind line or not, but I'm not. You know, <laughs> it's it's just my own personal thing. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I've been spending a lot of time on that, and then I was doing a really large. I I actually had forged out a um, barbecue knife that came out to, I think it was seven and a half inches long, and really loved the way it looked. Basically, the the customer said, um, "I want to have a knife that you know." I basically the the whole thing is this knife is going to cut steaks and you know ribs and stuff like that. But if a, if someone tried to come break into my house, I want to be able to have you know something to scare them off with. Interesting. Yeah. So like like a murder brisket knife. <laughs> like yeah. A, ho- a, hopefully a, you know. For this me, is I'm our hoping... new self defense brisket knife that we have maybe, uh, available maybe. here at B Cone Knives. Uh, Again, yeah. you know, like I say with all of my knives, I hope you never have to use it in defense. But you know, but if you had, it's to. there. It's there. <laughs> so is this a serrated uh, knife or no? Is it's it not a, serrated. It's... He, he okay, did want just a flat belt or flat gotcha. grind. But um, so I had actually that was the last one that I that I ground out this week. 
And as I was getting up to 220 grit, I noticed this really fine little, you know, semicircle that starts on the cutting edge and it goes up across the, the, um, the bevel and then ends back oh, down on the, no. yeah. Like a crack. It was a crack. And, you know, at first it was just this little itty bitty fine line. I thought, oh, wow, that's a really weird grind line. And then I, I ground over it a couple of times. They're like, oh shit, that's, that's not, not going, going away. away. Yeah. That's not going um, anywhere. So I finished that up and I pulled it off and I did a little video that I sent off to him. Basically said, hey, you know, you can see this thing looks badass, but I grabbed my players and I grabbed that section. I cracked it right off. <laughs> and it was just like, did you, did you post that to, um, to like, uh, to TikTok at all? Were you able to get that through? No, that's not on TikTok quite yet. Um, so I, <laughs> that's a whole nother spiel. So earlier, I, I, I just I just know somebody that got their entire TikTok taken channel down. taken down six hundred and fifty thousand subscribers followers, yeah. yeah, and deleted, gone, completely gone. And the message that he screenshotted and posted to Instagram, it just said, "Your account has been permanently disabled due to uh, something community violation, guidelines. yeah, whatever community guidelines." And uh, this this decision by TikTok is irreversible. It yeah. was it was just like, don't even ask. It's never coming back. Yeah. Goodbye. I actually talked to him a little bit. And basically, I mean, he did a lot of the same stuff that I do. So it's like, it's not like he's out there doing anything crazy with his knives. He's just showing off knives like I do. So, so do you feel like it's even worth to try and build TikTok because they <laughs> no, could just so, pull the rug out from under you, right? I that's mean, like, the thing that's, is, fu- that's fucked up, man. It is fucked up. And, um, you know, it's it's totally a thing where, you know, I've gotten a lot of orders from TikTok. So, you know, it it's yeah. worth it to do it, but it shouldn't be your main thing. That should TikTok yeah. is totally something you play around on. It's nothing that you should build and expect to stay long term as of right now. That's good advice. For it's instance, really good advice. I felt so bad for that dude. I was oh like, my god! Like my my YouTube channel got pulled out from underneath me just for no reason. Like they didn't really even tell me why. Right. They that's just the thing. deleted it. It's like, wait, this is where my livelihood. Com-. You know, it's just it's right. Up. And um, you know, I'm right now on a ban, right? So I cannot post anything. Literally, because you, I don't know if you saw my story where I I chopped through all of those bottles. Yes. Um, I posted that on TikTok and they immediately, like like they do on, it seems like half of the time I post something, they completely took down my channel or they, they stopped my ability to post anything. So basically they deemed that whatever that was, was a dangerous act, which goes against their community guidelines. <sighs> and um, so now I can't post until later today. But the thing is, is immediately after, like, so a couple days ago, I posted that. Immediately after, I put the submit to challenge that decision. And within, like, 10 minutes, they had the video back up and it said, hey, this doesn't actually uh, go against the guidelines. But I'm still not able to post anything until that ban has come up. So it's like, you banned me for doing something that you then (laughs) said wasn't against the community guidelines. (laughs) But I still can't post. And you're still banned, <laughs> even though you put the video back where right. it was. You said that yeah. the video that you said I got banned off of was okay, but I'm still banned. So like, here's what, what I've learned about situation? TikTok. 
uh, it's that I'm not. I'm glad I didn't spend a whole bunch of time yeah. invested in it. I mean, I guess I could do grinder stuff there, but like or sparks or something. I don't even know. But yeah. I tell I tell you, man, like the to to work on Instagram has been a pleasure. You know, to, yeah. to share things on Instagram and and really dig into that community and share things in that community. It's so rare I get any negative comments. Yeah. Like yeah. I I get negative comments on YouTube all the time and and on Facebook all the time. Because it just seems like that's a place where like the trolls can breed and, you know, <laughs> just do their thing. And um, I had one guy when I posted that video of the knife and the sheath, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and I had pulled the knife out of the sheath and the the, the strap. I, you don't have to unbuckle the strap. It's just kind of like if, if you had a bigger knife with, say, like a bolster or like a um, some sort of... Uh, a guard on it, you would wrap around that, but I don't, you know, this knife doesn't have that. And this guy commented, it was like in a knife making hobby uh, Facebook okay. page. Yeah. He commented, what's the point of having that strap if you can just pull the knife right out? And I was like, well, let me tell you that that strap is there if you want to keep the knife in a boot. Right. And, and you could, you know, cause it kind of comes up, like there's like a little bit of a wrap around it. So it kind of comes up and it, it, it allows you to slide that entire apparatus into a boot. Uh, and at the end, I decided to just fuck with the guy a little bit. And I'm like, it, it's, <laughs> it, it helps a little bit with the defense against wolves. <laughs> and I just left it at that. Like didn't say anything else. And that was it. <laughs> And I can guarantee you this MFR is sitting there reading that going, what does he mean by that? And I'm like, by the way, you've just been trolled by the troll master, Brian House. Oh, hello. <laughs> Think about that. He probably is still thinking about that. Like, wait, what? I'm just going to start uh, doing that to people. Like, you know what? If you're out in the wilderness and you see a pack of wolves, you're really going to need a book of matches. <laughs> just like end it there. Like, don't tell them anything. Just like, completely nonsensical bullshit. Just, I love just it. nonsensical BS because the guy's basically trying to bait me into an argument over the strap. Right. I don't make my own sheaths, but I still feel like the the sheath fit the knife and it looked great. And I, you know, the strap was there. I mean, Dirk might put a different knife in that sheath. I mean, who knows? But um, you know, I, that's the way I look at it. I'm just like, you know, I love Instagram for the reason of it's so positive people are just yeah. willing to like help and answer questions and respond and put comments on there so yeah See, i love Instagram. my whole strategy right now is i am making um videos around tiktok reels and then i'll also post it over on in on uh yeah tic or excuse what did i say yeah i'm, I'm making it instagram, for instagram reels. reels and i'm just and post posting it, it over on tiktok yeah and hoping that makes that a lot of sense ban me over ton it. of sense how are you f how do you feel about um, the reels on Instagram, do you get a lot of views, like a lot of exposure? So I had one that blew up to about like 7,000 views, which is pretty good. Is, is pretty okay. But then, you know, I did that bottle chop one and that only got like 40 some views. And it's like only that 40. Yeah. That's the thing is like, I thought that bottle chop one would have really blown, huh. you know, blown up because it's kind of an, in, like a really striking type thing. And it was just like, oh, well, okay. And it, it totally seems like everything is so hit and miss. I mean, to be fair, it's everywhere. It's 
the thing that you've put a bunch of time and effort into making isn't going to blow up. And then the thing that you just throw out, like, oh, I just put that together, might as well post it. That's what people end up seeing. Which is the the biggest argument for just don't even think about it, post it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. People tell me all the time, like, you know, I'd post more, but I just don't want to bug people with my shit. It's like, you're not bugging anybody. No. Just keep re- just keep posting thing. You know, don't keep posting the same thing, you know, right. or the same type of thing. Just mix it up and people will enjoy it. I mean, um, let me just let me just give you a give you a quick gander uh, in my um, IGTV. I did the plasma cut knife out of the rasp that has forty seven, almost forty eight thousand views on it. Mm-hmm. At this point, right? Fantastic. And that's probably my biggest reel. I'm just scrolling through these. Yeah. Like most of my reels have like 1,100, 1,200 views, you know, that kind of thing. Now, if you get over into IGTV, oh, I'm sorry. Those aren't reels. Those were IGTVs. The reels are just like crazy, insane. 50,000 views, 51,000 views, 49,000 views, 20,000 views, 48,000 views, 12,000 views. Reels are where it's at on Instagram. So if you're making content on Instagram and you're not leveraging reels, you should. Um, it's a very mistakes, if you're not. making a mistake <laughs> because, uh, for instance, when I started doing reels mixed with my regular posts, is only when I started seeing growth on Instagram, like a mm. hundred plus followers a day. Wow. Whereas before, I would get one follower a day or two. Yeah. So it's definitely worth doing, definitely worth looking into, um, you know, post some reels. So the thing that I don't like about reels is, you know, it seemed like, I think it was a couple months ago, I could post minute long videos on there. Now it's only 30, right? Now it's only 30 or 15 second videos, yeah, which really limits me. what you can do. Really limits it. It and sucks. And then the other thing is, you know, the the um, availability of songs on Instagram reels Blows. sucks. Blows. It's so bad. And like it's even really to bad. try to search for music, it's like they they, the they UI have like these suggested um songs to put in like a backtrack on your video. And they are terrible. Dog shit, bullshit, bad. Yeah, it's like all shit hip hop, you know right. stuff I've never heard of, you know, whatever. You can here's what here's my recommendation for music on reels. Pick an artist. Pick an artist and then search for the artist instead of the song, if that makes sense. Interesting. Because it seems like whenever I search for stuff, like literally anyone that you would ever hear of before, it's not supported or they don't have their catalog on there. Do you yeah. have a couple of them that you seem to find pretty easily? Well, <laughs> I'm a big fan of like Eight, it's like classic rock, like seventies, yeah, eighties, um, and kind of obscure classic rock, like the Cars and like okay. um, David Bowie, nice Pink Love Floyd, it. Led Zeppelin. You know, I, I and, and those are all to me the the music that ma- a majority of my audience listens to as well. So yeah. if I make a post and I add a song, uh, one of my favorite bands of all time is Clutch. And I've seen Clutch like, you know, 40 times live all over the world. And um, it, I would be considered a Clutch super fan. But Clutch is just not 
good music for a reel, it it can be okay, but it's just really heavy. You know, it's mm-hmm. just really, really heavy. However, I like to go into the David Bowie world and just pull out some weird, obscure David Bowie songs or David Byrne from the Talking Heads and just pull out some funny stuff out of there because really the music should be sort of uh, a compliment to the piece, obviously. Oh, yeah, but sure. You know, when I use clutch, it's just like, you know, it's hard hitting. It's very, very hard. And I find it jarring. You know, like if I'm scrolling through reels and someone has like cannibal corpse or, you know, some heavy, right. heavy, heavy shit, I'm just like, fuck this guy. Like, you know, I can't listen yeah. to, you know, I, I, if I find it like hard, you know, for me. Yeah. And it, so. also, I feel like, yes, the, the music should be a secondary thing. The, the, the thing that you should be really interested in is the, the thing that's on the screen, not what you're listening to, but you do need some sort of something in the background because if yes. it's just silence or if it's just, you know, you know, whatever ambient noises that are happening in the scene, you know, it, it just doesn't stop somebody doesn't dead in their grab. tracks. It doesn't keep right. them from scrolling on to the next thing. And also, I, f- I find that um, having instrumental music, if you, if you have, you oh, know... that's a good that's a good one. That's the thing is, I think instrumental music is more, you know, it's more, you know, hard-hitting. You can have it a little bit louder so that it's not quite, you know... Where I feel like if, if there's words in the music itself, the person is, you know, kind of diverting their, you know, little bit... I guess this is probably all subconscious bullshit, but um, it feels like maybe... You know, if you're listening to words, you're kind of listening and then also watching instead of just watching and focusing on what's happening in the yeah. in the piece of content. I think that's accurate. I agree with that. I I've been watching uh, a totally not maker channel, but it's DIY channel called My First Boat, and okay. it's this this guy in Germany, and this is a total subculture I didn't even know existed. But in Berlin, there is a lake or a river that runs along the outskirts of Berlin. And there are are all these, like, young hippie people living on boats in that lake. Interesting. They they live on their boats. Interesting. And this guy (laughs) bought this, like, uh, I don't know, it's like a 40 or 50-foot old steel yacht. That was just like falling apart and he Mm -hmm. completely rehabbed it. And he, he is rehabbing a lot of it now still on the inside and he's doing it while it's floating in this lake. And it's (laughs) a fascinating freaking story. And the way that the guy edits it together, he uses a lot of classical music and it's very cinematic. You know, it's, he's very talented person, this guy. Um, And you can tell by watching his stuff and, and how many followers he has for just having uploaded 45 videos to his channel. I think he's got, over a half a million followers. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, and he's just See, new to YouTube. I'm not saying that you need to have classical music, like you no, know, I violins get it, but, and shit like yeah. that, but, you know, guitars and drums and shit like that in the background. So yeah, yeah, no. Even if it's like, like an EDM beat in the background, but just something that isn't, you know, diverting the attention away from what you're trying to show in your piece of content. Yeah. And I think the other part of this too is it brings up a really good point about tool noise and sounds like if you're using a tool that's like really uh ear piercing and you do not mute that tool noise or at least turn yeah. it down um Swipe you're right way out of that yeah yeah i'm out i'm out and you know there's a lot of big youtubers that don't mute or Dude. Uh, turn down their tool noise and i'm just like what are you like 
I'm in a house with five people and I'm watching YouTube in the living room and it's like, Hey, this is what we're going to do now. And now we're going to go over here and we're going to grind this. It's like, Wah! And it's like, I can't, I can't have <laughs> can't that. Like, that. yeah. And it literally in Adobe premiere takes you one second to just right. grab the clip and drag it and make it quiet, but they don't do it. And I'm just like, why not? My favorite why is when I'm scrolling through TikTok and there's someone who's doing something with, um, like chainsaw art. Oh yeah. And like they put on the, the, uh, the, uh, fast forward on their chainsaw thing. And it's just like this most ear piercing. It's something like, Oh, you know, from a, a mile away that that's a chainsaw, but you know that you're, you know, I mean, hell, I'm probably annoying the people next door, let alone, you know, Emily in the other room. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, that this is, a, these are all things to consider when you're talking about getting noticed on social media. And even if it's something that you're just doing just so you can sell knives or sell your, your DIY stuff or whatever, you know, it's all part of the aggregate. And, mm-hmm. and this is what we were talking about last week where you were saying, well, most of the people that follow me are knife makers. Yes, that's true. And but you still want those people following you because it becomes part of the slingshot, the algorithm slingshot where, you know, if I post a, a video or an image of a knife and all of my knife maker buddies out there are like, oh, that's cool. And they're like clicking on it and liking it and they're commenting and whatever else. It's going to get fed to a whole new audience because mm-hmm. Not just knife makers. It's gonna get it's gonna get fed out to people that might just look at knives, and without that slingshot, you got a snowball's chance in hell of getting anybody to look at your shit. Yeah, so build sure. that community. Also, here's here's one thing I'm gonna say this in every episode moving forward, and if I forget, I want you to remind me. Support is a two way street. If you just go and you know post stuff and then never interact with your the people that are uh, commenting or mm-hmm. liking or whatever. And even to the point where here's what I'll do. I will look at a post and let's just say it's got 40 comments on it. I will go through those comments and I'll Instagram makes this really easy. I can find out who's following me from looking at the list of people who uh, commented and or liked the post. Mm-hmm. If they follow me and I don't follow them back and they've commented on I hit that button. Yeah. It is a two-way street because they took the time to not only watch and like and comment on my my stuff, they followed me. And mm-hmm. for me not to reciprocate, you know, I feel like it's a two-way street. We're we're doing things here as a team. This is not uh like, hey, look at me, I'm Brian House and I'm like a cool guy that posts a bunch of shit and just like all my stuff. How do you think I got to the point where I am? It's because I interact with all these people. I go out and find their stuff and I'll comment on it. Right. We're not like TV celebrities where we can, yeah. you know, put out their thing and be completely removed from your fans. You know, we want that interaction. We, you know, I, I personally love, you know, especially like this this past week, I've been doing a lot of Instagram lives. I've been kind of do- hitting that a little bit harder lately. I love lately. it, Brian. I love when you're doing that. And, yeah, it's um, awesome. You know, even if there's only two people on there, those two people are interacting with you and, you know, it seems like half the time, you know, I have someone on the live stream with me who's joined me there live. And, you know, just having that conversation is fantastic. Bouncing ideas. I mean, I've already met a couple new people, you know, just just from Instagram lives. And now we're like, 
shooting messages back and forth on Instagram all the time. So that's awesome. I love it. It is stuff. awesome. It, and that is my favorite part. And that's the whole point of social media, by the way. We've all turned social media into a job. I mean, you know, that's uh, a little bit of a shame, I think, because I'm connecting with people who are inspiring me on the regular. I'm looking at these guys. Like, there's a couple guys that I've been following now for a few days that are just like, they don't have that many followers, but their work is insane. It's right. amazing. And I'm looking through their feeds going, why don't more people see this? And, you know, I, it's probably because of that two way street situation. Maybe they're not good at like responding to comments or like, you know, plugging in and talking to other people. Uh, mm. But that's part of this game. You know, if you, if you want to learn and be inspired and then also be successful, it's a two way street. Don't just expect people to come to you. You got to go out and reach and work for it and do it. So the other anyway. thing is like on that, on that mindset is, you know, there are a million people out there that have made crazy knives and, you know, really good high end work. You know, you, you have to, you know, take that extra step to interact with people and, you know, set yourself above and apart from all the other people that are making knives, making knives or making grinders or woodworking or whatever the hell you're doing. You have to be sociable. You have to inspire people to, you know, uh, support you, whether it's just a like or it's by buying something or whatever the hell it is. You know, it's it's yeah, it's being that it's being um, basically sociable enough to interact with people that will really push you off to the next level. Yeah, and I think that's. I think one of the things you said in there that should be highlighted is that when you are inspired by someone, let them know. Yes. You know, don't just keep that to yourself. When these people do something and they present it on social media, I was having this long conversation with Dexter about this. We went to a car. We, we every third Thursday or third Sunday of the month, we do this car show thing. Cool. Where we wander around and look at all these cool cars. And, and it's in a like a shopping mall type place. Um, and, uh, they still have those. Well, it's not a mall. It's like an outside, you know, it's like, it's kind of like a, they call it the Mercado. It's like a, it's like got restaurants and bars and then there's all, yeah, there's not much in it anymore. It's kind of sad to look at it, but, um, one, one of the things that in this town there's where I live is there's a lot of people with a lot of money and they spend a lot of money on cars. So they bring it down to this place. They all park in a line and there's just, there's probably like 300 cars there. And um, Dexter decided he wanted to shoot a YouTube video and um, I gave him my gimbal and a nice camera and, you know, and he's, you know, I keep telling him like support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get up in there, like get close, like go go ask the guy, go talk to him about his car, like whatever. And Interview. Him. Kind of, yeah, he's feeling kind of shy about it. And I said, look, every single one of these guys, these cars are their lives. They spent so much time either restoring them or working to buy them or whatever. They would love to talk about it. That's right. the whole they reason did, they're here. I was gonna say, if they wanted to have their cars out and out, or if they wanted to make their cars and not talk to anybody. The car would be sitting in the garage right now, Correct. not out here in front of a bunch of people. Now turn that on its head and think about that in terms of social media. It's the exact same thing. You put something out there because why? You want people to see it and you mm-hmm. want them to be inspired by it or you want to sell it or you want to talk about it or whatever it is. So, you know, that's the concept here is that I think we're so afraid of rejection or people not you know what? Who gives a shit? If I comment right. on somebody's thing, I'm like, dude, this is one of the coolest things I've seen. It's totally inspiring. I appreciate your work. And I don't hear back from that person. I'm not losing any sleep. No, I, mean, I, I don't care. They, they, you know, if they didn't respond, whatever. However, they now know I exist. And mm-hmm. the next time I see something that inspired me from that person, I'm going to do the same thing and hope that they, you know, respond or whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah. Tell people that, they, you know, they inspire you and, and it's, it's a good thing. So anyway, let's switch gears real quick. Are you ready to dive into WFI projects? Sure. There are over 500 my... posts, 506 posts now on WFI oh projects. Gosh. Yeah. It says 500 plus. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you are new to the show and just listening in, uh, we do this thing where if you're on Instagram, you hashtag your uh, picture with WFI projects. And what that does is it categorizes it for us and we'll shout you out. We'll go take a look at it and we'll talk about it right here on the Work For It podcast. So it's a great way to get some. Um, it's a great way for us to support the people who support us. Absolutely. That's the way I look at it. And let me go ahead and jump into the first one I saw. I Four Oaks Forge. Oh, oh my yes. goodness. What a heartbreak. Yes. So it looks like a decent sized chef knife, um, you know, hidden tang, uh, looks like he put a lot of work into that one, but there's a big old crack that went, maybe that's about an inch and a half or two inches from the tip. It just cracked all the way across from the cutting edge to the spine. So Didn't you make a post recently about making shorter knives. Yeah. That's the one I was talking about where that, that big section of the cutting edge pulled away yeah. when I cracked yeah. it off. Oh, so that was the one you shortened up. Yeah, that's the one that I will okay. have to, you know, that one I put a bunch of forge texture into it and spent a lot of time, you know, forging. Not I, So, you know, I don't normally cut it to shape and then just put forge texture, but the guy who was buying that one was an old friend from high school and wanted a forge blade but didn't want to pay the – just couldn't afford the forge yeah. price. So I don't normally do that for everyone, but there was a buddy, so I did it for him. And then, of course, right. you know, the thing cracked out on me, so I'm, I had to uh, – reprofile that one down into a four and a half, four and a quarter inch chopper. But yeah, I'm guessing this one from four Oaks forge is going to make one hell of a Nikiri. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. That really does suck. That's a yeah. heartbreaker. That is a heartbreaker. Dude only a, has 201 followers. We need to bump that one up. So uh, spell out the uh, spell out the name so that we can. Um, it's Four Oaks it. Forge, just spelled exactly the way you would expect it. F O U R O A K S, and then Forge. You know, Four Oaks Forge. Got yeah, I'm looking I just through some of his posts. Um, he's got 33 posts, and I mean, I don't see any knife here that isn't professional looking. So I mean, he. I don't know if he just started right out the gate making fantastic work, or if maybe he's been doing it for a while. And just jumped on Instagram, but goodness. Four Oaks. I wonder where he's located. Um, if I'm he's not, in the U.S. I'm There's not, not seeing anything here, here. But, yeah. but. Yeah. I think he's in the U.S. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I gave him a follow and you awesome. should too. Yep. Fantastic. Go out there and find Four Oaks Forge and give him a follow. I'm going to dive right in with Florida Man Forge, our buddy Justin Miller crushing it with this uh, is this a uh, it, it's the one that looks like the handle is fordite and it's really super patinaed oh yeah you scroll down um i don't know if this would be considered a kiradash no it would be um a kukri maybe i don't know i don't know what this shape is maybe like a super americanized kukri yeah I'm not quite sure. Very, very, very cool. And the fact that he leveraged the patina. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Like times a million. I love it. And there's a fine uh, line between patinaed and rusted. (laughs) This is definitely rusted. I just, I love it. I think it's great that he just went with it. You know what I mean? It's if you put a little oil on it, it would definitely turn it into patina. Which yeah. is what I think he'll probably end up doing, which I really That love, thing so. looks as if he could chop a damn tree down with it. It definitely does. Oh and goodness. the way he presents it with the in the fence post. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool as shit. I actually messaged him about the handle. I thought it was Fordite. It's actually not. It's actually a, a manufactured uh product, uh like a resin uh handle that he bought. I think from a place called like Dank Dank something handles or dank hardwoods or something like that i'll have to find out again gotcha gotcha well i'm gonna go ahead and jump on to the next one bald man knife and tool going again with a fantastic fillet knife um he's killing it with these fillets dude he is just rocking it on these fillets it's classic florida by the way everybody down here so like in florida it's like um, how big your dick is is like the how big your boat is kind of thing. Like right. you know, there's all these guys that have these big fishing vessels and stuff like that. They're extremely expensive. It's like an, it's a way to flex yeah. down here. It's like I have a thirty foot contender. Blah blah blah. We're going a hundred miles offshore. We're gonna go ship uh, fishing for um, snapper or whatever. Sure. They all want these high end uh, uh, f- custom fillet knives you know, to their particular color of whatever football team. Right. Like. I was just going to say, speaking of Florida, this is definitely Florida Gators handle. Oh, yeah. G10, oh, yeah. blue G10 with uh, uh, orange, orange G10 orange liners, liners and pins. Yep. yep. Man, and he even, hash- he even hashtags Gators in, yeah. in his tag. Yeah. So there's a whole big lucrative business going on with that. And, um, you know, he's really nailing it because his work is just – off the chart. So he's plugged in with all these guys that are doing that work. Which yeah, is, that's awesome. It's really cool. Well, he's yeah. he's really killing it with it because that, that thing looks sharp. And real quick, since <laughs> we're talking about Bald Man Knife and Tool, have you seen his bottle openers? 
Ooh. probably some of the cleanest cleanest if you scroll down you'll see his bottle opener sort of down in the middle yeah, it's like a the, blue uh, and handles. white handle yeah yeah he bought some of this that handle material at blade that was the compressed coconut husk mm-hmm. and i'm like it looks kind of cool like i was like well eh. Once I saw it on a knife, I was kicking myself that I didn't mm-hmm. buy any while I was there because it's just such a cool look. When you polish that stuff down, it looks so amazing. This bottle opener, by the way, does not have coconut husk on it. I'm throwing you off, but it, it, it definitely. His <laughs> I was going to say, if that's coconut husk, I need to buy coconut husk because what no, the No, no, no. This is <laughs> some other shit. I don't know what he, he – I think he got that at Blade too, but it's it's his work is ridiculously clean. So, That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So let through. me jump on. Oh shoot! I I just picked out the uh, the uh, bottle opener that you were just talking about. So one yeah, past good. that, it is Zura Maker with the uh, um, rings that looks like wedding band rings. Oh yeah, what yeah, yeah. What kind of a material is that? That looks like some sort of maybe looks, is that titanium? Yeah, I was just gonna say it looks like titanium to me. Um, good. He's got it tagged as dragon skin. Well, it's uh, badass, whatever it is. It is badass. If you're not following, it's Azura underscore maker. He's a Hawaiian maker. Super creative stuff. Go check out his stuff. It's not just knives. He does um, these these cool, um, he, he calls them a nuck. That yeah. I, he, he messaged me and he says it's it's called a nuck. So K-N-U-C-K. Like is, as if with this thing, I'm going to nuck you out. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to knock you out. Exactly. Uh, it's like one-fingered brass knuckle kind of thing. Right. He's actually going to send me one. And oh, really? Fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he's he's like, what size is your ring finger? Let me, or not ring, I don't know if it's ring finger or my middle finger, but yeah. uh, I have to measure it. But I also had a long conversation with him about the uh, glow-in-the-dark stuff. It is a resin, by okay. the way. Okay, and if you cool. look at his stuff, like some of it is so glowy, like oh it just—it's like he's holding a piece of plutonium in his hand. Right. <laughs> it's really cool. So. But yeah, so I love this picture. It's super low angle on these two rings with the with the um, rainbow in the background. That's just a really well taken photo. Like the ability to not only make this gorgeous piece of you know you know jewelry. But to also capture it in this really cool light with the rainbow in the background, and man, he's he's on top of it. He's killing it. Yeah, he. It, I, man, are those? Do you think those are wedding rings, or maybe they're like just? They rings almost for have to be. They almost have to be. And he tags a uh, sparrow underscore knife underscore co, a Greg Schaub, and I'm gonna follow him. Uh, I don't know. His work looks amazing. He makes folders. So oh, wow. go follow him. So he tagged him in that ring post. So go find him. But yeah, it's Azura Maker on you on uh, Instagram. He's in um, Hawaii. Uh, yeah. it, it'll be if you follow him, you're guaranteed to get like different things other than knives. Like I know my my Instagram feed is all just freaking knives now, which I love, <laughs> but it's so refreshing to see other stuff. Yeah, for sure. Which I really like. Um, scrolling down into the feed, Entiot underscore River underscore Forge. Our man Noah Bloomberg mm-hmm. is doing an entire run of kitchen knives. Uh, looks like six total. Well, one of them is not a, or two of them are not kitchen knives. I think they're more like EDCs. 
But if you scroll all the way down, he's got a selection of beautiful, beautiful. His pin work and his handle work is just really, really, really strong. I mean, unbelievable stuff. He's using a lot of curly maple. It oh, looks cool, like. cool. So, yeah, check out Antioch River Forge over on the West Coast in the Pacific Northwest. The PNW. Yeah, man. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about my buddy Jason over here at JK Blades. Um, he's got this gorgeous looking knife. Um, looks like some sort of a hunter skinner type thing. Um, it's got this, this really cool, what, is that like a snake wood handle with a, um, with the uh, orange liners? Do you know what, what that would be? Hold on. But yeah, so while Brian's looking at that, he also did this really, really intricate um file work on the spine which i think also looks badass is that some sort of a snake wood do you think i'm not seeing anywhere in the uh comments down below i don't know i've never i i've seen mango look like that okay it could be yeah it could be snake wood i don't i don't know i don't know but the thing that i wanted to highlight is he actually did the kydex sheath on that as well he um he just got into the kydex game um, he just bought all of the materials. I think he he bought like the foam for the press, and of course he made the the um, la- the uh, hinging thing to uh, make the Kydex press. When he told and, like, me how a bunch much he of spent Kydex- on, yeah, it. he spent like two hundred bucks on it. Yeah, not too bad. I, I, I'm not going to tell a story because I think everyone should once they're done listening to this podcast, go over and listen to um, Jason and Nick and well, on the last episode, you're on it, Brian. <laughs> Um, and listen to the Hustle and Grind podcast because they talk a lot about what we're discussing right now, and, and um, it's interesting to hear the Kydex uh, stuff because I don't I don't do any of it. So when I heard how affordable it was to get into, and yeah. he bought all the stuff, even the Arbor Press, which I already have the Arbor Press, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't even need to buy that. So that was really cool. One thing I did want to I messaged Jason directly. If you ever have the problem with your forge, like he was describing, mm-hmm. with it sputtering in the way it was, if you look down at your regulator and you see that it's iced over, that does in fact mean that the regulator has failed. They do fail, and uh, you just basically get a new one and oh, replace it. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, if, if a propane forge, any part of it. You know, if the tank freezes up, you know what that's like. But if it's yeah. like in the hose or it's anywhere near, that means that like that regulator, the internal component of it has failed and it's not allowing the, the correct amount of propane to fl- flow through it, which in fact in turn turns into ice. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse. They're super inexpensive. It's a regulator. You and, know? you know, you're throwing around propane with the forge turned on. You know, maybe yeah. you shouldn't. You may you know. want to. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have a fire just like that sit in the background that know. doesn't have 8,000 belts laying around. <laughs> yeah, when he said that uh, he had 30 belts on his on his um fire extinguisher, I was like, Holy shit, that yeah. shop is gonna go up someday. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I really enjoy listening to that podcast, and um, there, you know, I know that the the crew over there is sort of just getting started so it's um it would mean a lot to me uh if you would go over and give him a follow and listen in and then also follow jason because his journey is really inspiring um even when you know he feels like he's down and out he talks about it and Mm -hmm. talks about how he's overcoming his situations that's the kind of people we need making content absolutely 
it's it's not like, well, I tried this podcast thing for a month and it didn't work out. I only got like 10 people listening to it. So I guess I'm just going to, you know, do something different. He is, you know, pushing through and doing and, and trying new things. And that right there is all of the that's the recipe for success in my yes, opinion. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I also think that I'm going to be stepping my foot into the Kydex world specifically because, um, you know, I, I love my leather guy and he, he does fantastic work, but he gave me the deadline of if he doesn't have the knives that I'm going to have before Christmas done and ready for him to do his work by Thanksgiving, then he's not going to be able to get it done by Christmas. And as we yeah. all know, you know, of course, you know, with custom knives, you know, you, you want to have them order it months ahead of time. But there's always, you know, 10 or 15 people that start right around mid-November and like, oh, shit, can you make me this, that, or the other? And, you know, I would I would gladly take a few knives on at that point for Christmas. I'm just going to throw this out there, not to take food off of his plate, but just, you know, the, the sheet that I had bought for the rasp knife. Yeah. I got that on Amazon. It was $12. And there's a, that guy uh, has a store on Amazon and, and he has got so many different options okay uh for for sheaths so if you're in a pinch and you need a sheath and you don't you know your guy can't get to it um go check it out i'll send you a link so you can go find him uh, yeah, that'd be it's cool. a that'd guy be in cool. texas he's an american guy it's not being made in pakistan or something sure, like sure. That. not not that there's anything wrong with that i like i prefer american made stuff so yeah. uh you know or canadian whatever um but i feel like you know um for 12 you saw for the quality bucks. of that sheath yeah the quality of the sheath that was a professionally made sheath and i had it in like three days wow for 12 bucks see so. the only downside with that is like i make a lot of really wacky sizes yeah. and shapes and i really specifically have very wide knives um yeah. so well then go kydex like you yeah said. that's the thing is i think Makes i'm gonna sense. start playing with kydex over the next month or so to try to see what it is that i can you know offer between you know november and december i like it i think kydex especially for a kitchen knife makes a lot of sense uh not in the sense of making it like a sheath that you'd put on your belt but just like a saya something that you would slide the knife into so when you put it into a drawer it's not getting dinged up or you're not going to cut yourself when you dig into the drawer and that is a sure. very simple process to make a kydex saya. It's just a taco shape. Right. It's just know. a taco and a couple of rivets. That's exactly right. So a little bit uh, of good luck on your journey. Whatever you decide to do, let me know because I'll probably follow in your footsteps uh, after listening to Jason talk about it. And I realized if 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 you you could do it, Brian, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I could probably. No, I'm <laughs> I, well, I, I, if I go down that route, then I'll probably make videos around it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that'll be great because it's still a bit of a mystery for me. Like when yeah. I think about, like, I know it's plastic, and I know you warm it up and all that, but there's a lot of steps that I don't fully understand, and the riveting and everything I don't fully understand. But I do know that if you have a decent um, grinder, like a two by seventy two, you know, there, it's pretty forgiving. Like oh, you for can, sure. You know, make them kind of bigger and then grind them back. So. All right, Brian. So before I jump into this uh, story about the haunted Wait, what, workshop. Bef- one more. I want to mention one more person on oh, WFI sure, sure, Projects before we shift away. Um, <clears throat> Moxie, M-O-X-I-E, E-N-G, M-A-C-H. 
and I'm assuming that's Moxie Engineering, right? He is, uh, he's, if you're into the machining thing, he's using, uh, I think this is, would be considered a knee mill. And he's, you know, building all kinds of cool stuff, showing how to use a dial indicator. Um, and he's 3D printing his jigs and stuff. So um, very cool stuff. And he's tagging um, WFI projects because I think he's connected with Jamie the Squid. Mm-hmm. Somehow. Another great I don't guy. know exactly. Another great, no, follow. Another great follow, Jamie the Squid. Um, yeah, go go find him. He just got done with a big, long project over at the um, uh, New England School of Metalwork. And there's a project coming up that involves a couple of things with Jamie and myself and a grinder. And we're going to hopefully try to do something for the New England School of Metalwork. Oh, and, so cool. Um, yeah, so Jamie reached out and said he'd like to build them a grinder and so i'm like dude let's do it together let's find a way um to get them one so we're gonna do that and then uh also there's a a guy that was that had a um a lot of damage during the hurricane we're gonna send him a grinder in louisiana oh nice yeah yeah it's i i man i feel like i've been so blessed by this community like to not give back in that regard is just like silly and why wouldn't i i just Mm -hmm. um with the new England school of metalwork, they're just such a force in the, I've never been there, but I plan on going up there at some point, but they're just such a force of good in mm-hmm. this space. And Jamie was telling me that they're just using, you know, older grinders and they need, a, they need upgrades. So, uh, a revolution. You're the man to upgrade them. Cool. I, I, yeah, definitely. So anyway, Sweet. all right, moving on, moving on. So before I jump into the story, do you have a dad joke? Oh, I got a million dad jokes. I know you do. I got a million and one dad jokes. It has become the thing that I get mentioned the most in now Facebook messages. Um, it's fantastic because they make me laugh. And um, in fact, all right, hold on. Let me let me pull up because there was one that made me laugh, like laugh out loud laugh. Uh, all right, hold on. Let me scroll through. Scroll through, scroll through. I spent an enormous amount of time yesterday uh, with Facebook support and Instagram support. Oh, yeah. Trying to resolve an issue that I in I must have created it on my own, but um, it still hasn't been resolved. So <laughs> I am uh, I'm so I. I won't even, I'm not even going to bother with a story, but I've, I've mucked up my social media a little bit with housemaid. Yeah. And it's just, I, I started a professional account for housemaid a while ago because I had my housework account, which was just a creator account. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, you know what? Why don't Aaron Lee, you know who Aaron Lee is? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. So a Lee knives, Aaron Lee, we were talking on the phone and he's like, I'm kind of confused by your branding. Because your housework on YouTube and your housework on Instagram, but then your your company's called Housemade. Yeah. And I realize that that is confusing. And so I'm going to switch everything over to Housemade. Okay. When I went to do that, somehow Instagram like blocked my ability to tag my products in what? my tags. Yeah. So like I can't tag my own products in Instagram anymore. It just mm-hmm. it just tells me my store doesn't exist. It's like it's a Shopify integration thing. Right. Um, so I mucked well, it. Well, the problem with that though is I really like your logo with the HW. 
Does that mean you're going to have to do a new logo? Well, the so if you notice, there's an HW logo and an HM. So oh, I use there? yeah. So if uh, if you look at a majority of anything that I make, anything that I make and produce, it has an HM on it. Any content that I make on YouTube has an HW for mm. housework. Uh, and you know, I might leave YouTube alone and just continue as housework, but all my Instagram, everything is going to get moved over to house made. Yeah. So consolidation be... under one name is definitely going to be a lot less confusing for pe for people. Yes. And I have a, a really hard time keeping up with multiple Instagram accounts. It's just, yeah. it's insanely difficult. So, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, dad joke. All right. So I'm digging in, I'm digging, 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 digging. I got a million of these. Um, <laughs> Oh jeez! Now, now I don't know which one to pick. Uh just pull a random one. Want me to pull a random one? Did you hear about Will Smith getting lost in the forest? No. The search and rescue teams found him by following the Fresh Prince. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Damn it! Big thank you to right. Noah Jacobs. <laughs> Noah Jacobs for sending that one over to me. That's and awesome. fresh awesome. prints, like print, yeah, footprint. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get it? Fresh prints of Bel Air. Great one. All right. One. So, <clears throat> all right. Moving forward in the podcast, we are now, what, a hundred and, no, we're an hour and 16 minutes in. Hundred, hundred and sixteen minutes in. Holy we're an shit. hour 16. And um, Brian, all right. You have a story to tell. Yes, I, I can't do. wait to hear this story. Yeah. So, let's <laughs> Was that see. a sneeze? Yeah, it was I like an coughed. interrupted that. sneeze. That was great. I, <laughs> I tried to mute myself for a cough. Ah. My bad. Um, but yeah, so let's see. A couple couple days ago, I tried to get in contact with this um, Greg guy t who has the the haunted workshop. So I basically just messaged him saying, "Hey, you know, do you have any sort of um, update for me? Because I'm still pretty anxious about trying to get in there. Not anxious, but I'm excited to get in." get the opportunity to move into a bigger workspace and all that stuff. And he said, yeah, you know, we, we redid the, the, uh, roof on it. We did redid the, um, the wiring. So the electricity is up and ready to go. You know, we have the septic going in the back and we have the water almost ready to go. And we have the materials to put, um, basically the back wall together. Excuse me. So the back wall is going to be, um, 10 by, let's see, it's going to be um, 10 by 4 planks. Um, so basically you're going to do a layer of wood and then a layer, 4 inches of foam and then another layer of wood. And that's going to be the back wall. Kind of janky, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think that it would be better than nothing. But, you know, we, you know, I, I can make that work. That that's that's not the big stick for me right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds it sounds structurally enough. For me, yeah. and it also sounds like it's he's insulating it. Right, it's so. insulated and all that stuff. And then I got a message yesterday saying, "Hey, you know, uh, we're going to be working on it tomorrow at eleven, so that you know, if you if you want to come over and kind of start getting or help us move stuff out." And he also he reduced the price from three hundred dollars a month to two seventy five a month. Interesting. Right. So it's quite you know, a move. I, I won't I won't uh say no to that, but so I got there today and I I got there a little bit early, so I was just kind of waiting around, and then a couple a couple cars jump come in, 
And these two younger guys jump out, and I figure, oh well, you know, maybe these are the workers. And I said, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm here to do some work there. And he's like, yeah, we work for Greg. And um, I said, cool, is he coming? He's like, and he said, no, he's he's not supposed to be out here. Well, right there, I was like, hey, you know, I I, I was kind of hoping to, you know, talk to Greg because I have a million and one questions for him before I move in. And immediately, you know. They, he pulls out this little binder and has set, gives me this piece of paper. And it's literally like a little, maybe six inch by six, six inch piece of paper with like the carbon copy underneath of it with some really bad handwriting said, saying first month's rent 275. And then his Gregory's name and then my, an X for where I'm supposed to sign. I'm like, well, first of all, he never said like, I, I didn't show up with money because I didn't know I was paying today. And I had no idea. And I haven't made that decision. So like th- this is one hell of a thing to just start this conversation off with. And I haven't even met the guy. So I, I basically yeah, say I'm still that thinking about weird. this. I'm willing to help today. I'm willing to, you know, give a couple of my hours as a, you know, you know, first step forward in this, you know, potential business relationship with this guy who's supposedly going to rent me this shop. And, you know, basically we, we call up Greg and, and I asked him, hey, you know, I was, I was looking forward to meeting you today. It's like, oh, sorry, I, I can't be out there today. Whatever. Super weird. And then so basically we we go in and we start moving stuff around. And I mean, it is just terrible in there. Um, that back wall is still has a bunch of holes in it. There's a couple like there's a couple small. It looks like it should have been like some sort of water pipe that goes through the the right hand wall that's brick and um basically whoever took out whatever piping it was just cut on both sides of that wall so now there's just this pipe with open air going outside so you know that's that's a great space for rodents and whatever else to get in and out (laughs) and um you know the the roof right so i guess when i did my first where i walked through it i didn't notice but there's or i noticed that there was you know kind of a section of the ceiling where the boards had kind of come down but it was worse today and like i looked up into there and you can tell that the floor joists for the the uh the floors above are completely rottened out so it's like at any moment that thing could just you know fall apart and you know, tropple on top on top of my, you know, whatever I have down underneath. Hell, it could just fall down on top of me. And then, you know, basically I spent about a half an hour helping them move, move some of the debris around. And I'm asking them questions left, right, and center that they don't really know. And finally, one of the guys said, hey, I've been working for this guy for 15 years. Um, my biggest suggestion for you, and going back just a little bit, Everything, all of the answers to my questions were, it. he started out every single answer with, you didn't hear this from me, but, <laughs> and, you know, don't tell Greg I said this, but, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, all the red flags are going up in my head. And at the very end, you know, about a half hour, maybe 45 minutes into being there, uh, finally, he turned to me and was like, hey, I've, I've been working for this guy for about 15 years. And I, before, if it were me, before I were to rent from anybody, I would research that person's name. Oh, my God. Yeah. So <laughs> I haven't Does done Does this that. guy sell fork trucks by chance? <laughs> 
I'm starting to think maybe that's a fork truck guy right there. Oh my god. So like I like from that moment I'm like holy shit like this this is like first of all this place is completely sketchy nothing is to code like they're literally if anybody from osho took one step in there they'd shut this place down um the the ceiling looks like it's falling down on top and like the the one the one part of the building that i was going into was by far the best like the one that's completely together in comparison to the other ones because like (laughs) My God, the other ones, it was just like there's holes in the wall and like the, the floor joists are coming coming apart at places and there's there's just even more damage in the other two portions of the building. So like overall, this entire building is shit. Um, so at that point, I just basically looked at him like, hey, you know, I appreciate you guys kind of being honest with me. Don't worry. I'm not messaging Greg ever again. And, uh, you know, this is, this is way too sketchy. And if you just said, you know, maybe you should research his name a little bit, I'm not going to go into any sort of business, especially, you know, signing my name anywhere with a person who, where even the person that's worked for me for 15 years says, Hey, maybe you should research this guy a little bit. So I think yeah, at that's this really point, telling. Yeah. I think at this point, the, uh, haunted workshop is dead. Ah, that's such a bummer. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, you don't want to get into a situation, especially like moving your expensive equipment into a place where, you know, this guy could, you never know. I mean, right, you, you just never don't know. know what he's, you never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, it's cool that you went down the road, you researched, you learned a lot. You yeah, know, that's like sure. step one of doing any of this kind of work. But now, now, you know what? Hey, man, keep looking around. I mean, yeah, maybe now thing. that you're more plugged in to the community where you're living now, you're going to be able to find something a little easier. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. You don't want to like get in bed with somebody that's that's got uh, issues like that. And especially if somebody that they like works for them. You also have to think of it in terms of like, well, maybe this guy has an ulterior motive. You know, maybe he doesn't want you moving in. Maybe he wants to move in there. Who knows? But it, it sounds more like the guy was trying to, like, tell you, like, hey, you should probably, uh, you know, move on. Right. Um, which was really kind of him, you know, Very that th- th- he did that, you know. Yeah. So and he saved also, you a little bit of headache. He also said at one point that, um, you know, he was really glad that he had him working on it today instead of the other you know, sketchier people that he has working apparently for him around this building because they are, you know, total skeeves where they would just basically gloss over, oh, yeah, I'll, you know, like that, those, I've pointed up at the uh, rotten floor joist above our heads. as like, you know, that is a major issue. And he's like, yeah, you know, these other guys were like, oh, yeah, I'll have that done next week. And it's like, that's that's not even feasible at all. So, you know, I am I am very grateful for this guy kind of, you know, stepping up to the plate and like, hey, you know, I know that this guy is kind of a skeevy guy and, you know, let's let's not get screwed over by him. But, you know, just the fact that he would never say, yeah, you know, you know, this thing is whatever he said, don't hear don't say that I said this or, you know, I didn't say this, (laughs) but, you know, (laughs) the fact that that's creepy. Uh, You you definitely don't want to be in bed with that. I, I, you know, the thing about trying to, you know, cut corners a little bit in this process. And I think like what we talked about earlier in the show was just, 
you know, you get what you pay for kind of thing. And you yeah. were trying to like, maybe like I've, I've had good instances where I've connected with people and helped them rehab buildings and, you know, worked off rent and things like that, where, you know, the situation was a little bit sketchy, but you know, Hey, it worked out for me in a, in a, like a pinch, uh, where I was like paying about the same amount of money 20 years ago to rent yeah. an apartment from a guy who needed help rehabbing his house. And I, you know, rehabbed it with him and did a bunch of work. Uh, but when you're talking about you needing to be able to be productive yeah, and your equipment is in a place that may not be safe, right? then and like, that I'm would totally, change my game. I mean, if anybody has seen my shop that I'm currently in, I am totally down with sketchy. I'm totally down with just kind of making things work and, you know, working with what you have and, you know, putting in the extra bit of hard work to make something happen. But you have to be working with somebody who is straightforward and honest. And I was not getting any of those honest vibes from anything that has been happening with this whole experience. So I I'm, I think it's just a no for me. <laughs> well, it's a shame. It's, but it is, it is it a is. shame. I mean, how about this? What if I just pay for the first month's rent and then you go in there and like I'll pay for it and you go and spend like a week there living there like in a sleeping bag and like a camper like a stove and then you just make content based on, like we'll call, <clears throat> we'll call it like it's, it'll be like an alone spinoff but it'll be like based on you just being in michigan living in a like a weird a weird haunted right. like it'll be all alone and and uh like a ghost hunter thing all yeah i was gonna together. say i'm gonna need to get one of those video rec- or those audio recorders with the ghost hunters so i can hear and that little that. like electromagnetic pulse uh right, right. pickup device it's got like the bullshit needle on it that just like moves whenever you know yeah <laughs> there's and a then, switch like, on the back stuff, that makes it move play it back in reverse and it's like <laughs> I like to make knives, <laughs> you know, like all that kind of weird shit. And like, I'm going to stab you with your own knife. <laughs> Did you hear that? You know what? You talked me into it. I'm going to film it all, make a whole series about it. <laughs> I mean, the content creation side of things for that building yeah. is like, it's unreal. Yeah. Oh, sure. But, you know, I could also get good content creation out of moving somewhere where it's not nearly as sketchy and on the up and up and true. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Well, listen, Hey, Brian, good. Sounds like a good uh, decision. Uh, I'm all for it. And uh, you know what? I think we got to call this show because I have to get out of here. I have to get this edited and get out of here and go take Dexter over to the COVID Mm -hmm. testing facility. And uh, hopefully he's negative, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I know that you are working for it this week. Absolutely. I know you are because Absolutely. I see your work and I appreciate your work. And if you've been listening to the work for it podcast for some time now, you know that you can support us in, in a numerous ways. One of which going over to patreon.com forward slash work for it. You can support us for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year. That's like nothing. That's like more than you spend on tacos in one sitting. And, uh, uh you know, Especially like if, me. <laughs> yeah, I love tacos and yeah, burritos. Man. Um, and yeah, we are still a part of the makery network. I actually had somebody ask me this. They're like, are you not part of the makery anymore? Cause I don't hear the makery tag at the beginning and the end. And I just never got the audio from Craig. So oh, I just shoot, have to get the audio. Happen. Yeah. I need to make that happen. We are definitely still a part of the makery network and the makery network is an amazing affiliation. Yes. 
uh, with a lot of awesome podcasts out there. So go out and listen to The Art of Craftsmanship, Handmade Podcast with Chris Zepp and Derek from Malden um, and Paul Pinto. You can listen to um, Full Blast Podcast, Knife Talk, uh, Art of Craftsmanship, Handmade. Uh, I already said Handmade. What's the other one? The... Um, uh, the the overseasoned. Over uh, have they overseasoned. not done a whole lot of podcasts lately? Though I don't yeah, know if they, they've seen anything new. No, nothing new, but uh, definitely good uh, listens to when they do make them. And also mm-hmm. Jeremy over at Simple Little Life. Oh and, yeah, uh, you know he's doing. I I don't know if you've listened or watched any of his recent YouTube videos, but he is sponsored by Princess Auto. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know what Princess yes. Auto is. Um, yes, it's like their, I, it's the Canadian Harbor Freight. Exactly. And that's freaking huge. That would yeah. be like us being sponsored by Harbor Freight, right. which I would totally freaking do. By oh, the hell way. yeah. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. Like, I, I mean, Harbor Freight I hit use us up. <laughs> hell yeah. And I mean, man, uh, Jeremy getting that sponsorship is just awesome. Yeah. I mean, that is just so cool for him. So uh, I love watching his stuff. And I watched a couple of his videos last night. Um, so go out and check out Jeremy at Simple Little Life, not only his podcast on the Makery Network, but also go out and check out his YouTube channel mm-hmm. because he just did a video on like five must have tools that you can buy from Princess Auto that are knife making related. And not, not only do they sell tools at Princess Auto, but they sell knife making materials, materials like G10. Right, yeah. yeah, it's like ridiculous. We need this. We need this yeah. in our lives. We're not Canadian. I'm thinking about moving to Canada just so I can buy stuff from Princess Auto. There we go. Well, come on up here to Michigan. We'll hop the border. When we yeah, we just drive over the bridge, right? The yeah. international bridge. Yeah, yeah. In Detroit. 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 All right, mon ami. We will see you later. <laughs> All right. Have a great week. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. All right. Check you later. See you next week. See you guys. Adios. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Ben, we miss you. Sorry, we had to do a podcast early. We miss you. Love you. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.